I always said I'll never do a marathon or ultra marathon because I'm not mad. Eventually, in I think 2009, I decided let me enter, and I've uh, in 2009 I entered for the Comrades Marathon. Nothing to describe it. It's it's just amazing, amazing experience. That day, for instance, um, I tried to run every now and again, but I couldn't. And as I came into the stadium, I tried again, and for some reason. It felt like I just started. I think it's probably the adrenaline and rush or something that pushed me. And I just started running and up to the finish line. And one of these quotes uh, that I love is, run when you can, walk if you have to, crawl if you must, but just never give up. Hi, my name is Michelle Lewis. Ten years ago, you'd have been lucky to see me run to the end of the road. These days, running is second nature to me. From marathons to park runs to put in my own running group through their paces, you'll often see me in suitably loud attire, getting ready to pound the pavements. And here's a secret, if I can do it, you can too. There's so many wonderful and inspiring stories in the world of running, and not just running, some of my favourite tales involve those who take to their wheelchairs, bikes or simply their own trusty feet in an attempt to get fitter, faster or just have some fun. In this podcast, I'm going to be in conversation with some of the most inspiring and fascinating of these people. Remember, it's your time, your speed, your way. The only person you need to keep up with is yourself. This week, we've zoomed over to South Africa, where I got to chat to Dion Ellers. Not only is he a runner, he's a comrade. So let's go and find out what his running story is. I did run at school level a bit, mostly 800,500 and 3,000. And from there, went to the police college uh, just after school. And uh, after that, didn't do much for many, many years. Almost got obese at some stage. And then in 2007, I actually started running, uh, basically with a 10-kilometer fun run that the police, one of the police clubs organized and I joined in there and from there the, the, the what do you call it, Hoha bit me. Can you, just for the listeners, can you actually um, tell them where you're actually from so they understand? <laughs> yes, uh, I'm in Edenville, it's near Johannesburg in South Africa. So apologies if the sound seems a bit crackly, but we are working with Zoom. So hopefully you can hear us both clearly as you're listening to the podcast. So some of the terms as well that Dion uses um, in the UK, um, you will now understand that he is South African. You did this police race. I take it it was a race or was it a fun run, your first experience? It's more a type of a fun run. There was a 5K and a 10K and... I was convinced to rather do the 10K. Uh, at, at colleagues of mine, actually, they've done the Comrades Marathon and they sort of stuck, stuck with me the whole 10Ks. And with minimum training, uh, I actually started and did the 10K in just over an hour that day and well felt done. very good afterwards. And, and from there, it was just upwards and onwards. So when you did your first 10K, you said you did little training. So I take it you didn't go out and do one run a week at least, you know, a mile round the block. Explain to us that, like, in South Africa, what, 
what the running's like, you know, is it safe to run? You know, we hear different stories about gated communities. So what's the running, your running experience, especially the first time of going out? Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, I mostly train on my own. Uh, I don't train in groups. It is fairly safe, but unfortunately, yes, there is some, I've also heard of some incidents where people were sort of had unfortunate incidents. But myself, uh, fortunately, never had something like that. In the beginning, I mostly, mostly ran on the pavements, so not in the road itself, only at the later stage that I got used to that, uh, running sort of on the road itself uh, next to the pavement. When you did this first 10K race, which you thought you'd set your goal higher than a 5K, and this was in 2007, you got the buzz. And then what happened after that race? Well, I think the fact that I felt so good after that 10K is I think it was probably about four weeks of training and not much, as you said, two or three runs maybe per week, not with a specific training program at all. Did you so, run with other people or just by yourself? No, by myself, all by myself. And basically after that 10K, I decided to start training and did more some more training and eventually entered more 10k races until uh, about march yeah, i think march in 2008 when i did my far, first half marathon um now this the, the first 10k that i did was in august 2007. wow congratulations and then after the half marathon what happened after that well <laughs> Um, because, as I said, colleagues of mine that's done the Comrades Marathon, which is an ultra marathon of doing the up run, it's 87 kilometers and the down run is 89 kilometers. But they basically stuck with me that day on the 10K. And from there, I always said I'll never do a marathon or ultra marathon because I'm not mad. <laughs> and, yeah, and eventually in, I think, 2009, I decided, let me enter. And I've, uh, in 2009, I entered for the Comrades Marathon. They, they entries normally open on in September the previous year. So my first Comrades Marathon was in 2010. So was you, as we lead up to the Comrades, because I'm quite excited about your story on this, was it peer pressure then from your colleagues to do the Comrades because they'd done it? Uh, no, no, not really. Um, they, I think it's just more they motivated me and they gave me advice. And basically from there, as I said, I had to just train. And the Comrades Marathon as well uh, works in a way that you have to do a full marathon uh, in less than five hours to qualify for the, to, to be able to run the Comrades Marathon. So if I rem remember you saying you re registered in the September and then when was the marathon? The, the Comrades Marathon, it's May, isn't it, the following year? Correct, yeah, it's May, I think the end of May 2009 that I did the, in 2010. How many marathons did you do in that time? My first marathon was, uh, incidentally, also in 2010, uh, in the beginning of February 2010. I did it in, I think I remember correctly, it was about four hours 40 or somewhere there. So wow. it was within, within the qualifying time. And then I did my first ultra marathon, which was a 50 kilometer race, which is called Umbidam, um, a very tough run, actually. Uh, I also did that within, you also with a 50K, you have to do it, I think, in six hours. Okay. Um, and 
so they've got different qualification times for different distances. So uh, 42, you have to do, they, they have to do it under five hours those days and uh, 50K under six hours. And for those that don't know about the comrades, you explained earlier about the going up and the going downhill. If you can explain on the podcast why they alternate the routes. Yeah, not the routes, uh, but sure, yeah. going forward and backwards. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it's, yeah, they alternate the route every year. It's, the one is called a down run and the other one is an up run. The down run starts in Peter Maritzburg and then it goes down to Durban at the coast. And that's why basically why it's called a down run. And then the up run starts in Durban and then you go run back to Maritzburg. It's one hillier, you know, like going up. Is it a very hilly route? And the up run, are we saying that you're constantly climbing hills? Yeah, well, yeah, the down run, although it's called a down run, it's not really a down run. There's, there's lots of hills and climbs that you do up until probably about 60Ks before you descend quite quickly. So, so the last 30Ks is mostly downhill, but there is still some hills that you have to get over as well. And then with the up run, I would say the first probably 35Ks is mostly uphill. So the up run for me, I, I prefer the down run. Uh, a lot of people prefer the up run again. So yes, the, the, as I said, the uprun is definitely tougher because it's mostly almost a, a full marathon that you're doing uphills mostly. So when you was at that start line of your first comrades, what was that feeling going through? Because um, I know there's a 12-hour limit that you can do it. And I've watched in previous years where I have seen runners that have literally one foot over the line on the 12th hour and one foot the other side. and they didn't get the, the medal, they, you know, because both feet was not over that line. At the start, how was you feeling like, was the time in your head straight away? And did you feel that pressure? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, because I'm a slow runner, you, they, they also, depending on the time that you qualify, uh, you are placed in batches. So you start in batches, uh, A, B, C, D, E, and up until I think H. So I was in probably about batch G and it takes you from when the, it's a gun to gun race. So if the gun goes off, uh, you have to finish it in 12 hours. So in 12 hours, the last, gu the, the last gun will go off. And if you're not past that finish line, you don't get a medal. And so basically like myself in, in the G batch, it took me probably about nine or 10 minutes to just to get to the start of the, the actual start. Which doesn't um, help the nerves, does it? <laughs> not at all. So as I said, so basically you have to make up that nine or 10 minutes so that you can still finish within the 12 hour cutoff. So as you're going through the route and you're running along, I, I believe there's one area that's, um, is it Lyon County where they do have helicopters flying above to keep an eye on lions or is that a myth? <laughs> No, that's a myth. It is. <laughs> there is an area called Lion Park, but it's, it's not, I mean, the whole route is on Tom, Tar Road. So it's, it's not that you're going through uh, any uh, game reserve or whatsoever. So, but you, yes, you go, go past the Lion Park area, but uh, there's no 
uh, Roman wildlife cats. <laughs> little, little cats uh, chasing you there. And what's the support like? Because it is, you know, one of the, you know, the biggest races in the world. I know from myself when I've watched it over in the UK, we can only watch it on YouTube. You know, it, we don't have it on our main TV. So it is very limited that you don't see it all the way through. I have to go on various channels to watch interviews and try and pick you know, picture the whole race in one piece from someone that's actually running the whole course. Obviously, there's long parts where you don't have support. But when you do, from what I've seen on the Internet, it's amazing. It's like a party. Yes, definitely. Um, I remember, for instance, at, at times where you go through some of the suburbs where people brought their whole sort of living room couch and everything <laughs> onto the pavement, sitting there the whole day. Uh, wow. having a barbecue, having whatever, and they just sit there. It's, it's actually just talking about it. It gives me goosebumps because the, the support makes, uh, makes that race special. And I know for yourself, because, you know, you are South African, so you're used to the heat, but what sort of heat, just so um, the podcast listeners understand that you're running in when you do this? Is it in the 40s? No, not not that. Uh, well, uh, we work on uh, degrees Celsius here, so normally the the start in Maritzburg is normally colder than if you start in Durban. Um, so it's the, at the start is about four degrees Celsius in the morning, between four and ten somewhere there. And so then what time? Just to stop you, the time that you start in the morning, because it is you've got twelve hours to finish. What is the start time? Uh, it's five thirty in the morning. 50. still dark in, uh, uh, at that time and then you've got uh, basically between 4 and 10 degrees depending on the weather uh, and then it goes up to probably the mid 20s uh, and even up to the upper 20s uh, uh, at times so it can get very hot um, when you in Durban for instance that's, that's total because it's at, at the coast it, sometimes it's much warmer there in the early in the morning, but it's very humid as well. Okay, so you're running around, you're getting close to the end. What time did you do the first one in? And what was that feeling when you crossed the line? Well, yeah, the, uh, I think the last probably a 10Ks at some stage, I had to pull off the road to use a port de loo. <laughs> After 12 hours, I, I, you know. <laughs> When I got back to the road, it's as if my legs didn't want to work anymore. So it was a battle. Um, at that stage, I battled to run. I could walk quickly, uh, I could, uh, brisk walk, but I battled to run. But I saw that I had enough time. I would have probably finished under 11 hours mm -hmm. if I were able to run. That then, basically, I continued. I knew I had time in so I finished the first one in 11.32. But you finished it and what was that feeling I when you crossed it. the line? It's amazing. Absolutely. Uh, nothing to describe it. It's, it's just amazing, amazing experience. And that day, for instance, um, I tried to run every now and again, but I couldn't. And as I came into the stadium, I, I tried again. And for some reason, it felt like I just started. I think it's probably the adrenaline and rush or something that pushed me. And I just started running and up 
to the finish line. I've uh, uh, actually, I must show you on Facebook, I've posted that photo earlier. That was my first finish at the right on the finish line. Oh, please do. Yeah, please do so I can share it, you know, on the Facebook page, yeah. you know. Something <laughs> else I can maybe mention as well uh, on the route itself. Um, I think the first cutoff is probably about 16 or 18 kilometers into the race. So there is various cutoff times uh, which you have to go past. And if you don't get past that cutoff time, they take you off the road and they put you in a bus and then they take you back to the uh, or to the finish, uh, basically. So oh. if you're not past a certain area, that you, you've got your cutoff times, which they publish way in advance. So that you know that at that time I have to be there. At that time I have to be past that, and to to know that, and you have to know the route sort of fairly well to know where certain some of the landmarks are, which you go past. Um, and for instance, my first one, I went through halfway. Uh, I think it was about five and a half hours, and. At that stage, they made this normally at the halfway, there's a big crowd and there's people making announcements. And at that stage, when I went through halfway, the, the third person already finished in urban. Wow. Wow. And how'd that make you feel? Did you, did you hear it at that point or not? Was this yes, afterwards? Yeah, no, you I it, yeah, no, I heard the <laughs> at It sort of just totally broke my speed, but I, I just kept going. It was just amazing to hear that, uh, you know, the, the winners, they do it in about five and a half hours, uh, that they run the whole route from, from Maritzburg to Durban, which is 89 kilometers. Where, where us slower runners, we take the whole 12 hours almost. But you still do it, whatever, it's still the same distance, you know, it's same with the marathons, you know, when you do it or any Correct. race, it's, Correct. you're all doing the same um, distance at the end of the day. Correct. I can, maybe one of my experiences in 2014, I also, I had a bad day on the road, sort of from the, from almost the first cutoff, I already felt something it's not going well, but I kept going, and eventually I just made the last cut off, which is about seven k's from the finish. I went through there, and at that stage, I had to do eight minutes a kilometer to finish under twelve hours. And what uh, happened? Eight minutes, eight minutes kilometers. It's not that fast, but if if you tired, tired eight minutes, it, it, it's uh, it's difficult. And eventually I managed to keep going and check, checking the time. I saw that I might not make it. And in the end, uh, somehow, I don't know how I did it, the last kilometer, I did it in five and a half minutes. So you made up the time? I made up the time, but not enough. I've missed the 12 hour cut with 33 seconds. Oh no, so how, how many seconds? 33 seconds. Oh, that is just so cruel. Because they start packing up as well, don't they? As soon as it's the 12th hour. Yes, and I was actually emotionless. My wife waited at the finish for me. So they, when, when you go through there, you, they take you towards the left and you go through a lane there. You don't get a medal, but you've done the distance. And, and my wife just stood there and she just looked at me. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to 
if I must cry or must I laugh or whatever. <laughs> but as I said, it's just, I don't know what to think. I, I would say, you know, at the end of the day, you still did the, the comrades, Correct. you know, and even though it's seconds, you should yeah. be proud of yourself, you know, that you did the whole route. Do you really need a medal to celebrate that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just unfortunately on, on, on your finisher certificate, it shows as it did not finish. Um, although, yes, in my, in my mind, I finished. You did, um, yes. Unfortunately, yes. I, don't, I, didn't, I can't show a medal for that, although I know I've, I've done it. Is it on Strava? If it's on Strava, it uh, happened. I think I don't think uh, at that stage I was on Strava yet. Uh, oh, okay. Question I, now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I've, I did at the beginning. I did get a time where it showed twelve hours uh, and thirty-three seconds, but it, 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 at the end it just shows did not finish. So, how many times have you done the comrades? I've done it uh, seven times, and I finished five of them. Uh, the year after that, uh, 2014, um, I also didn't finish. Uh, mainly, I, I had a bit of battles with the injury, and I wasn't well prepared, but I decided, let me go, and maybe I'll, I'll have a good day on the road. Um, so with that mindset, I went, and eventually I got to the top of a hill, which is called, called Polish Shorts. Yes. Uh, Polish Shorts is uh, about two kilometers long, and it, it's about the top of Polish Shorts is seven k's from the finish in Peter Maritzburg. So at the top of, Mar of Polish Shorts, they've got a cutoff, and I didn't make that cutoff. So, so I basically did 80 kilometers on the day and didn't make that cut. So that year I didn't finish. Uh, went back the next year in 2016, I finished again, and that was my fifth finish. And will you do the comrades again? Hopefully, yeah, yeah, I do want, my, my aim is to sort of do at least 10, because what, what they do is they, once you've done your 10th, you get a permanent number. So your race number that you get becomes your race number, and, and it's basically what we call a green number. So that uh, sort of uh, helps as a motivation. And I want to... Hopefully, if I've been battling with injuries from 2016, but uh, need to build up again, especially long distance. I haven't done long distance in quite a while, and but the aim is to do it again. Um, and other ultras as well. There's a, a ultra here. I've done eight of them, so I still need two of them to get my permanent number there as well, uh, which is the 50-kilometer race as well. So you're a, a late runner, and if you don't mind me asking, and if you, you know, if you're okay to share, how old you can say roughly you are? Sure, I'm, I'll be 52 in uh, June. Wow, and you're still. June, so, I, 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 so my first, I think, I, just before I turned 42, I did my first comrades marathon. Wow, and then that's what and I don't understand. You've done it once, and the comrades marathon runners, the uh, ultras that I've in the uk that have done it one of them has done it nine and he's actually south african and that's his limit and another one um in northampton where i live he's on he's done five and he plans to do the 10 like you said he also one of the one from northampton he also has his name on the wall do you have your name on the comrades wall 
not yet. I, I intend to do that. Uh, they, yeah, that's a wall of honor, which is on the route as well. Um, it's uh, uh, in the area called Ichanga, where there's they've got a, a wall. I'll, I'll post some pictures as well of so that the people can see what it looks like. But I, I intend to. You can buy. It's basically a plaque that you buy. Uh, and then they put it up for you uh, with your race number and everything. Um, so if if you haven't done your uh, your tenth one yet, the, your plague will be a yellow plague. And if you've done your tenth one, you, they change it to a green plague. Oh, okay. So it's easy to identify on the wall. You know, Correct. Yeah. With the, your, your, your name your name appears on it with the ra your race number. Um, uh, and then, but that doesn't show, show how many you've done. It's just your name is on the wall of honor. Yes. When you send those photos, I'll, I'll share them on the Step Forward with Lewis Facebook page and Instagram. So people know where to go and have a look. So you, yeah. you know, you started with a 10K. Then by 42, you've done your first comrades. You've got the bug. Are you, what's your favorite distance? Because even now, recently, you do all different distances you don't just run for um your own personal challenge like recently i've seen a picture of you running in purple speedos with a load of other men for the cancer charity you know for a shorter distance you're an all-rounder runner yes great uh, yeah i think i don't know it's difficult to say uh, i would probably say a half marathon is is a favorite distance because i think that's in my mind, kind of just before it comes to proper endurance with a 21. Uh, half marathon is, is probably my, I've done, I think I'm close to 100 now. I've done 98 half marathons. And, and yes, I think that probably will be my favorite distance. Um, but I, 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 I do like long distance marathon and ultra marathons. I've done actually more ultra marathons than marathons itself. We've spoken a few times. Um, you've got involved with Park Run over there. So what's the name of your Park Run? That You started off as a run director and now you're an event director at one. Correct, yeah. Um, I've actually started at a, a Park Run uh, volunteering most of the time. In at, It's called Galulis. And then uh, that was my closest Park Run uh, where I lived then. Uh, we moved to the area where I'm staying now about a year ago, and I also moved to the park run, which is also about two kilometers from my place. Um, it's called Edenville Park Run, um, and I eventually, the, the actual events director, she's a physio, physiotherapist. Um, she's busy with uh, extramural uh, or further, further studies. And she decided uh, she wants to take a break from the park run, and she asked me to step in as events director or co-events director. And yes, I've taken that. I enjoy that a lot. Um, myself and one of the other ladies are making turns to be the run director at the event. Um, I also have the trailer with all the stuff for the event parked at my place. So I have to take it there on a Saturday morning. What's the attendance? How many do you get at your park run on an average um, for Saturday? I think lately during the winter it's a bit quieter, but in, in summer we probably average about 150 to 200, somewhere there. So it's not, not the big park run, there's some much bigger ones around here. 
Um, but to, to us, I, I think that's very manage, manageable and it's uh, uh, mostly the same people. Every now and again, you get some tourists and other people that are chasing their uh, sort of goals and things like that. How are you finding it at the moment being on the lockdown and on a Saturday morning, no park run, nothing? How, you know, how are you coping mentally? Difficult, fortunately, well, I'm not in total lockdown because of my work circumstances. I, I sort of uh, been working, going to work daily where other people are locked in and they have to stay at home. Uh, so it's mostly only, only essential services that are allowed to go to work. So you're um, a key so worker. Yes, yes, I'm a key worker. So basically that makes it easier. I was still able to get out in the morning, go to work, come back in the afternoon. But yes, it's, it feels different not going to a park run on a Saturday morning. Fortunately, we had to make some adjustments or uh, do something to stay uh, busy. So yeah, I've seen most of the people here in South Africa uh, doing things in their backyards or around the house or so, and they, we call it the garden route. So we run the garden route. Uh, <laughs> Basically, I've done it once last Saturday. I've done five kilometers. I, I did it. I did the same. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that makes you mentally, it makes you strong. Um, of course, it's so different from running on the road or even just a park run, which is open. Uh, running around the house and like my, my, my house, I had to do 100 laps around the house to get to 5Ks. So I've, I don't have a, a big... Yard, but it's still it's it's not the there's other people that's got much bigger yards. Are you allowed to exercise at the moment to go out in the UK? We're allowed to go out once a day, and we you know to to walk, run, or cycle. Um, what's the rules in South Africa at the moment? No, we we basically on a full lockdown. We're not allowed to go out on the road, exercise, cycling, running, nothing. So you have whatever you do, you have to do at home. Um, I'm fortunate I've got a treadmill, so I've done a few runs on the treadmill of in, during the week. And I've got some other equipment as well that I can keep myself busy with. So yeah, I think next week uh, we, we've been divided in two groups at work. So next week I'm gonna be off the people that are off this week. It's basically to do with the COVID uh, lockdown. Um, what they've done is to avoid too many people at the office they divided us into two groups so one group worked this week and the other group were, were basically on standby at home so from tuesday i'll be off um and then the the other group will go in and they will go to the office and they will work um and are you then, okay to share what you do i know what you do but yes i'm uh, i work uh, as a police officer um but based uh, in the crime scene laboratory where we specialize in the developing of uh, fingerprints with chemicals instead of the normal fingerprint powders that we normally also use on crime scenes and that type of thing. Oh, right. So I'm okay. a, a fingerprint expert and specialist for over 30, what, 32 years now. So you've done a long service as well. Wow. Yeah, so you you definitely need you definitely need running, don't you? You definitely need running to release and 
definitely is, yeah. And I, I don't know how I coped with it without, before 2007. Was after that now, it, 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 so if my wife knows when, when I don't get some running or whatever, or some type of exercise, uh, I can get a bit difficult. <laughs> and does your wife run or walk or have you got your um, family involved because you're an inspiration you know you're a late runner you know you've done comrades so many times five times well seven I'm gonna say but you know five times completed has this inspired anyone in your family or friends to you know your colleagues inspired you to do the 10k have you inspired people yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, my wife used to, uh, lately, she also been battling a bit of, I don't know if it's a hip that is sore, but she used to, when I do, uh, entered for a 42, she will do the 21, for instance, or a 10K, uh, mostly walking. She doesn't run that much. Um, and she's also involved with a park run. She, I got her, in the beginning, she wasn't really keen to get up early in the morning because uh, she's not a morning person at all. So, yeah, I got her in, and now she goes with every Saturday morning. She do, does. She's the scanner there, and uh, she, mm. she's done. I think she's done one park run itself, which she's walked, uh, and from there only volunteering. She's done more than she's 25 or I can't remember, but she's done more than 25 volunteering positions. Because of the heat over there, do you start a park run at nine o'clock, like in the UK? Or is it too hot at that time? Uh, no, I think it's too hot. Uh, we we started at eight in the morning. Um, some of the some of the other park runs that in in where it's hotter than where we are, uh, we've got fairly good weather here. Not that hot and not that cold. Um, uh, the other park run starts at seven in the morning. So when just to round this off, then so when we're you know, and we've got to be positive here. This lockdown is over and we're all free again to go out into the big wide world. What's, your, what's the distance of your first race going to be? I don't know. I need to decide. <laughs> I'll, I'll, probably go, I'll probably go for a 21 because uh, my target is to at least to get my 100 now. Um, I'm two away from that. And also park runs, I've got four to go for my 100 uh, to get my 100th uh, park run in. With, with volunteering and being the events director and run director lately, uh, it was a bit difficult to run every week. Um, we fortunately, we at some, uh, we also have sort of moving volunteers, which we do pacing. So um, when I, I'm not the run director uh, at, on that day and there's enough marshals and whatsoever, then I also run with the crowd. Um, you wearing a bib with, uh, say, for instance, 35 or 30 or 40 minutes, then I'm a pacer and people can sort of stick with you and try you try and assist them with their pacing. So anyone that's not run or walked or um, wheelchair to park run, what advice would you give them and what would you say how it changed your life? Uh, definitely a lot. I think it's, it's just being active and just being even people that comes there, old, young, uh, all shapes and sizes come there and we are not that strict. Uh, people can walk. I mean, it doesn't have to, you don't have to run the whole way. If you can 
and there's a lot of people that walks it, but fortunately not that slow. They normally about an hour at the most or just over an hour, then the total walker will come in with the last people. So fortunately we, we've got that as well. And, but it's, it's good to see, um, to, to see all these people involved in, uh, from all walks of life. So you're referring to park run there, but I'm, I'm asking you as a journey as a whole with running, you know, you are, you are a late runner. You started in 2007. What would you say to someone sofa surfing right now thinking I'd love to do that, but now I'm past it or my knees or, you know, come up with every excuse going, what would you say? I would say it's definitely not too late. Um, I know, for instance, at some stage, I don't know what it is now, a few years ago, the average age of people taking part in the Comrades Marathon is about 41 years. That basically tells you, uh, I know of people that are much older. There's one guy that he, uh, his name is Louis Massain. He's doing his 48th consecutive Comrades Marathon this year. Wow. That's if it's going to happen because at the stage it's it's in the it's on the 14th of June, depending on the lockdown situation yes. and whatsoever. Mm. Um, there might be a postponement, but he's to, he he and another guy holds the record for the most comrades marathons, and he's done. I think his first one in 1972, 73, somewhere there, and he's done 47 consecutive, finished all of them, not one that he didn't. How old, is, how old is yeah, he? He's about, I think he's 68. Wow. Goes to show you're never too old. Great. Yeah, that's what I said. It's never too old. You're never, it's, there's always a way to go. And um, I think one of my favorite quotes is from a guy called Dean Gornazes, American uh, ultra marathon runner. And one of these quotes uh, that I love is run when you can. Walk if you have to, crawl if you must, but just never give up. 